G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When God looks at you, He doesn't just see you for what you are, He sees you for what you will become. He sees your potential. We can think about the present and even think about the past. Pastor Greg Laurie points out God knows what's in your future because He's been there. He doesn't see things the way you see things. You know, we see failure, God sees potential. You see a blank canvas, God sees a finished painting. You see a mess, God sees a message. This is the day when the lost are found. Remember Polaroid cameras? You look through the viewfinder, snap a picture, pull the film out the back of the camera and wait for the picture to develop before your eyes. The photographer always knew what was coming because he saw what was in the viewfinder, but it was a surprise to everyone else. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie reminds us God knows what's developing in your life. He's already seen it. And so we need to trust that his plan is better than ours. In our last message in Romans, we are introduced to three important words that every Christian should understand. They're justification, redemption, and propitiation. What is justification? Justification means that God has forgiven you of your sin, and in the place of your sin, He has put the righteousness of Christ into your account. One way it's been defined as just, as if it never had Happen. Number two, redemption means a price has been paid for your sin. And now this tricky word, propitiation. It means to appease the wrath of. To appease the wrath of. So God had his righteous judgment. He poured it out not on you, not on me, though we deserved it, but instead he poured it out on Jesus. So Jesus Christ appeased the wrath of God. You could say God took his own medicine, so to speak, as Jesus drank of the cup. So Paul's conclusion is there's nothing we can do to earn or deserve this. Well now he's addressing the law-keeping religious Jewish person. The Jewish person that says, look, I'm one of God's chosen people, which is true. God established a covenant with us, which is also true. We confirm that covenant uh, through circumcision, that's right, and we have the law. So we don't really need to come through Jesus. We come in our own way, and Paul's saying, no, you come through Jesus. Those Gentiles, those non-Jews, they come through Jesus to God, but even you guys, with all of your benefits, still have to come through Jesus Christ. Well, they were not getting this, so he's playing it out. So Romans chapter four, I read verses one to three. This is the New Living Translation. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. 
What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about, but that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God and God credited it to him as righteousness because of his faith. And this is really now a model of how to hang on to your faith when things are really hard. Look at Romans 4.16. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those of us who are of the law, but to those who are having the faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all because God has made him a father to many nations. I mean, think about this. The Lord said to Abraham, first he gave him the name Abram. Abram. And you know what that means? Exalted father. And he had no kids. And then God changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. So now it's an even bigger name. And still he didn't have a son. But here's the point. When God looks at you, he doesn't just see you for what you are. He sees you for what you will become. He sees your potential. He doesn't see things the way you see things. You know, we see in Abram, God sees in Abraham. You see failure, God sees potential. You see a blank canvas, God sees a finished painting. You see a mess, God sees a message. So he can look at you and say, Abraham, it's gonna happen, count on it. He says, I'm gonna get you through this and I'm gonna bring these changes about you. You say, but I don't see anything, Lord. It's still the same. He says, I know, but it'll happen. So you can stand on what his word says. Point number two, despite his feelings and his circumstances, Abraham gave glory to God. Let me say that again. Despite his feelings and his circumstances, Abraham gave glory to God. Verse 20, he brought glory to God. Can you do that? Say, well, Greg, I don't have a lot to give thanks for this year. Excuse me, are you, I assume you're alive because you just said that, which means God has given you life. God has given you your thoughts. So you have something to be thankful for. Do you have salvation? Well, yeah, I have that. Well, okay, we're, we're off to a roll here, okay? <laughs> now you start adding things and start counting your blessings and there are many. Yes, I know, but I have this problem over here and I have this unresolved situation over there. Okay, I, ha I understand that, but I give thanks to the Lord. What does the Bible say? Give thanks to the Lord when you feel good. No, it doesn't say that. Nor does it say give thanks to the Lord when circumstances are good. Now what it says is give thanks to the Lord for He is good and His mercy endures forever. That's why I give thanks because God is good. So even if things aren't going well, don't forget to say thank you. Abraham said thank you and gave glory to God before he had the answer to his prayer. And what happens when we by faith give thanks to God despite our circumstances? Answer, your faith will grow stronger. Look at verse 20. Abraham never wavered by believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this he brought glory to God. Do you want your faith to grow? Let me ask you a question. How many of you want your faith to grow? Raise your hand. Okay, hate to break this to you. You just said, Lord, I want some trials in my life. Uh, can we redo that? <laughs> we have a little group that gets together before our first service starts, a bunch of volunteers. And uh, 
someone was asked the question uh, specifically, what are you thankful to God for today? And she said, I'm thankful to God that I'm going through a trial. Who says that? She did. And then she said, because Job says, when you have tried me, I will come forth as gold. Now there's a lady that understands why God allows trials in your life. We, we want faith to grow in the sunshine and the good times and it does to some degree. But real faith grows in the valleys when the storm clouds are forming, when things are not making sense. And why does it grow? Because we hang on to God. And why do we hang on to God? Because we have nowhere else to go. And by the way, that's not a bad place to be. It's great to have you with us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. We're learning some important lessons today from the faith of Abraham in Pastor Greg's message titled, Don't Stop Believing. Let's continue. Point number three, God overlooked Abraham's lapses of faith. God overlooked Abraham's lapses of faith. Verse 21, He was fully convinced God is able to do whatever he promised and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Underline that phrase, fully convinced. Man, that is generous. Fully convinced? Wait, this is the New Testament. The New Testament is saying he was fully convinced and he never wavered. Amazing. Let's go back to the Old Testament here for a moment and let's look at the story. Never wavered? What about when you lied about your wife Sarah two times and said she was your sister? What about that time you went down to Egypt when you weren't supposed to go there? Hey, what about this and what about that? He had his lapses of faith. But the point is, in the New Testament, that is not mentioned. And why is that? Because this is about justification. And God does not see you for what you were. He sees you for what you are now in Christ. And that past is behind you and it's forgiven. That's the difference. But he did have his moments. In fact, at one point, he took things into his own hands and created a big mess. Sarah came to him and said, Honey, you know, I'm not seeing this having a child thing, but I have this uh, handmaid, and uh, maybe you would like to go in and be with her, Hagar, and you could conceive a child with her, and that could be the fulfillment of God's promise. Abraham's like, Okay, let's get going. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Really? Yeah, I like that idea. And sure enough, he went in and had sexual relations with Hagar and she got pregnant. She conceived and had a son and his name was Ishmael. So we sorted it all out. God, don't worry about it. We've got it covered down here. We found a solution. That was not God's solution and that was not what God wanted to do. And by the way, they had a lot of conflicts as a result of that and we still have conflicts to this day because of that. God still was gonna send his answer to the prayer and that, of course, would be Isaac. So don't stress out when things aren't going quickly enough and, and sometimes we'll have lapses of faith and we feel like we're some kind of a failure. Everybody has lapses of faith, everybody. There's people you look up to, oh, they have such great faith, they have lapses. I know them all, trust me, they do. <laughs> and I include myself. We all do. We all need encouragement. We all have moments, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work, what am I gonna do, hey, amen. You know, we're like that, we're human beings. We all have those moments. Listen, you just come to God with as much faith as you have. Don't beat yourself up over the fact that you don't have super faith. You just come with the faith you have and believe God 
bringing me to my final point, number four. Abraham put his total faith in God despite the cost. He put his total faith in God despite the cost. Verse 17, Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Well, Sarah finally did get pregnant and she did bring forth that child and his name was Isaac. And guess what Isaac means? Laughter. Why? Because that young boy brought a lot of joy to his mom and dad. The house was filled with so much joy. That's why it was so hard when the Lord came to Abraham and said, Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love, and offer him as a sacrifice to me. As the old man and his boy made their way up to Mount Moriah, Isaac asked, Father, and Abraham replied, Yes, my son. He said, Father, I see the fire and I see the wood. Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham replied, God will provide himself a burnt offering. You know, sometimes in religious literature, when you see the image of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac is just a little boy. But the reality is, Isaac was a young man at this point. So he could have said, hey, Dad, you know, uh, I think I get the idea of where this thing is going and I'm not liking it. And I'm thinking since you're like what, like 130 or whatever, you're so old, why don't we sacrifice you, okay? <laughs> the very fact that Isaac understood what was about to happen and was willing to die is a perfect picture of what would happen years later when God did the same thing in the same area when he sent his son, his only son whom he loved. What did Jesus say in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. See, at the last minute a reprieve came and Abraham did not take the life of Isaac. But when Jesus went to the cross to die in our place, no last minute reprieve was given. The father took his judgment and poured it on Christ as though he had committed all of those sins so he could treat us as if we had never committed those sins. And Jesus died there for us voluntarily. Just as Isaac was willing to go along with the game plan of his father, Jesus submitted to the will of the father and no one took his life from him. He laid it down of his own accord. And why did he do this? Because he loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. Yes, God can make all things new. Look at verse 17 again. God who brings the dead back to life and creates new things out of nothing. Is your life a mess right now? I'm telling you, turn it over to Jesus Christ. Is your marriage failing? Can God create a new thing out of nothing there? Yes, He can. Not through your human effort, but He can do it if you'll turn it over to Him. Whatever your issue is, he can bring a new thing out of nothing. But I must believe and ask him to change me. I'm gonna come back to that question I asked in the very beginning. If you were to die tonight and you stood before God and he asked you the question, why should I let you into heaven, what would your answer be? I hope you wouldn't say, well, I'm trying to be a good Christian. Well, you're gonna fall short. You're gonna fail. Well, I, I, you know, I was baptized. That's not going to do it. Well, I, I, I was raised in a Christian home. Okay, what do you want, a medal? Congratulations. 
But still, there has to be a moment when you say, I'm a sinner, and I know Jesus died on the cross for my sin, and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it, and I put my faith in Him. Have you done that yet? If you haven't, I want to give you an opportunity to do it as we close now in prayer. Because in any of our services, there's always someone who maybe you think is a fellow believer, but they don't have this hope of heaven. As you sit here right now, you're thinking, I don't know if I'll go to heaven or not. Who can know? You can know. I know. Well, that's arrogant. No, it isn't. Because God's given it to me as a gift, the gift of eternal life. I've received it. You can too. And you can leave harvest today knowing with certainty you'll go to heaven when you die and stand right before God with your past in your rearview mirror and a future with His plan ready to be laid out for you. That's better than any plan you ever had for yourself. But you must come to him and say, Lord, forgive me. We're gonna close now in prayer. And I'm gonna extend an invitation for you to ask Jesus to come into your life so you can know with certainty that you will go to heaven when you die. Let's all pray. Father, thank you for your word to us. It's clear. It's concise. It's alive. It's powerful. And I pray for any person here listening, wherever they are, if they don't know Jesus yet, help them to come to you and believe so they can be forgiven of all of their sin. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to make that kind of change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will help you do that with a simple prayer right now. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer, and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and He will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believer's Growth Packet. And in it is a copy of the New Testament in a very understandable translation called the New Living Translation. It also is filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've made to follow Christ. And there's some other outstanding materials in this little packet I'll send you as well. So order your copy today and let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And to get that New Believers Growth Packet, just get in touch and we'll be glad to send it right out. Just call us at 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. 
Call them today, 1800 772 936. When we have peace with God, we can enjoy the peace of God. Pastor Greg digs into that next time. Hope for weary travellers, here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Don't Stop Believing. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 